0: You know, I'm really surprised we don't see very much Timberwolf cosplay. You do. It's called Wolverine. It, what?
1: Yeah, no. Timberwolf is first. And then Wolverine? Well, <laughs> like, you he see, looks nothing like Danny DeVito.
0: I feel like I've discussed this on the podcast before. I feel like you know that Timberwolf was created for the Legion of Superheroes and he was just kind of a trash throwaway character. He was a robot, or thought he was a robot. He wasn't a robot. His dad made him into Timberwolf, but then there was a robot, and the robot like killed his dad or something, and then he, the robot robot programmed him to think he was a robot, and then he left, and then the Legion of Superheroes helped him figure out he wasn't a robot, but then they asked him to join the Legion, and he didn't want to, because he was the Lone Wolf. And then he came back and joined the Legion of Superheroes later with Chemical King, and then he was called Timberwolf. Got It that? sounds so much like Spider-Man. And then, later on, when Dave Cockrum was drawing the Legion of Superheroes, he drew Timberwolf to look a little bit more feral. And then, when he got in a spite with DC Comics and left for Marvel and drew um, the X-Men, he made Wolverine look just like the character he was drawing in Legion of Superheroes. And that's how Wolverine started to get the more feral look. So... Timberwolves first. You got all that? Interesting. I got it. Okay, this is very important I, part of the discussion here because we're gonna. It be, is. We actually take an interlude. I promise Spider-Man for the next episode, but you're not getting Spider-Man. I know, even though I, I kind
1: of, I, I, I mentioned Spider-Man in that in that brief Timberwolf discussion and the Wolverine you, discussion. You did mention no Spider-Man. Spider-Man Man, talked about,
0: but you're not getting Spider-Man. Man. Not yet. You're getting a treat because. I, in my magical historical knowledge, discovered something important in this... What? Drug riddled state that I was probably in. (gasps) Well, I wasn't. Oh. But there is a DC comic drug issue before both the Spider-Man issue and the Green Lantern, Green Arrow issue. Really? Yes. And it was written by a teenager. A teenager? Because those teenage kids are all into drugs. Are they? apparently yeah
1: i mean i suppose i
0: don't know well not this teenager teenager he was he was dead on opposed to drugs oh that's true except for apparently some methamphetamines that he used to write scripts for mort weisinger (laughs) because sometimes you gotta hit those deadlines kids (laughs) you do and uh Let's see. If y'all haven't figured out who we're talking about, we are talking about, I'll give you some hints, Greg. You already know, though, so it's it's not really a quiz for you. <laughs> but we're talking about a formal, former editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. Hmm. Okay. Uh, we're talking about uh, one of the first ever teenagers to write for a major comic publication. And when I say Ooh. teenager, I mean like 14-year-old, not like I just turned
1: 18. A true wonder kind.
0: I, 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 yeah. So, I mean, some people say we're also talking about somebody who killed off a character in comics that stayed dead.
1: Killed it dead.
0: That's quite a concept. Yeah. And he, he was probably the most hated editor in chief ever at Marvel Comics, too. <laughs> in fact, he, he caused a bunch of people to quit and go over to DC Comics. You may have heard of a couple of them Marl Wolfman, George Perez.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just a couple. Just a couple. There's just a couple.
1: So, just a few. Yeah.
0: But anyway, we, we have a Jim Shooter story coming at you. Whoa. And I had a spark of genius. I remembered this story. And so I looked it up online to see if I was right. And I was. Uh, at least Jim Shooter thinks so. And Jim Shooter is never one not to promote Jim Shooter or anything. But. That's
1: true. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> But in a 2011 blog called Sex and Drugs, Jim Shooter says, let's do the drugs first. Woo. But on Jim Shooter's blog at jimshooter.com, which isn't secure. So I don't know if he's, you know, going to update it anytime soon. I didn't notice this when I read on my phone, <laughs> but there's a really attractive man on this blog. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's like an advertisement for Omega, the Omega Point, a science fiction screenplay by Jim huh? Shooter. With this really attractive guy in chains. The chainsman? It's not Grimbor. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It this could be. be the Hollywood version of Grimbor. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's not wearing a harness or anything, he just has chains. I mean that's what that's what that's what we need nowadays. I it's mean more I men think, in I chains. Think the I agree. Ready.
1: I agree. <laughs> the, the
0: world is ready. For more men in chains. Or Grimbor, which one were you going for?
1: I I was going <laughs> to say the world is ready for Grimbor. <laughs> the Chained- oh, I'm sorry, but but I went a different direction with that. But I also think the world is also ready for for the Chained Men,
0: <laughs> Grimbor, and the Chained Men. I like it. That could <laughs> have been like an, a late '90s band.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, that that would be awesome. It's just I like- think Grim, Grimbor
0: and the Chained Men open for Limp Bizkit. <laughs> oh no. On the XXX Stream Tour. Oh. It sounds it sounds
1: so so good and bad at the same time. It sounds pretty terrible. I mean They're gonna tear your ass raw with a chainsaw? Whoa. New the concept. best thing
0: about Limp Biscuit was their <laughs> South Park episode. I mean let's be honest. Yeah. True. If you haven't seen it, just go look it up. I know you've seen it. I yeah. I, I can't tell our one listener how important that episode is in the life of South Park. Nothing like Lip <laughs> Biscuit and their Scooby Shaggy Mobile, you know, it's, and their Mystery Machine, I should say. It was fantastic. Well, so good. Anyway, we are talking about action comics from 1969, April. So not 69. long before these <laughs> other stories came out, right? Yeah. Just a year. Yeah. But Jim Shooter wanted to talk about drugs in the comics because he thought it was important. Yeah. And much like the other origination story of these comics we had, you know, gym Shooter was seeing friends. He uh, talks about his friend in ice. I, I don't know friend, but the guy that said, was it physics class that sat behind him? Yeah. was always coming in high and bragging about it.
1: <laughs> mm hmm. <laughs> Uh, I, w- what do you call them? Uh, um, acquaintances. acquaintances. acquaintances
0: there you go. And an acquaintance apparently gave him some speed once to write literally write some comics for Mort Weisinger. so here, take this,
1: it'll make you feel it'll make you feel better all night.
0: yeah. and while he was taking uh, technical college classes, he was in Pittsburgh uh, watching with some acquaintances that were cooking him up some LSD in the uh, chemi- in the chemistry lab.
1: Yes. Pretty fascinating. Then, I because it was legal back then and it was totally fine. Totally fine.
0: Yeah. I, I love his, I love his story in this blog about the mild stimulant. I, I'll make sure I link this blog in the show notes yeah, for
1: everyone. Just like the whole driving Yeah, I just drove around. Just drove around. <laughs> Yeah, at like 110 miles an hour or something like that. And and I know the kind of car he's talking about, too. And I mean, that's like a a little triumph. So it's just a small like, I mean, imagine like a like the size of a Mazda Miata for for reference points for people. I mean, it's just a small little two seater open top, you know, (laughs) just a tiny car.
0: Yeah. And I did. I also did think it was a nice touch in in this article. He mentions that he this was the library he went to. Um, by At Carnegie Mellon University, also gave him his first uh, access to the book Seduction of the Innocent, so he could read about the people that wanted to censu- censure him, right? Or should I say mm-hmm. censor him, or probably both after this? Both, both. Magical. I believe the word is censor, but yeah, censure. They wanted what to also, centaur
1: him. They wanted, they wanted to, to turn him into a centaur, put him in a maze.
0: Well, he did create Princess Projectra, who later became Censor Girl not if Whoa. we're getting with all these words that sound the same or anything. I know that was important to you. I know all, everybody else is really bored right now, except it all maybe somebody that has card any semblance of a link to the
1: <laughs> Legion of Superheroes, which I found funny. It was like it, he kept going back to like, you know, because when he went there, it was it was called a different name and it was also a technical college. So he kept referring to it as a technical college. But now it's It's a school of grandeur. <laughs> Not everybody
0: who went to a community college is cool like us. I know, it's true. And it's, it's true. Well, true. anyway, I think we should get into this. So the reason I chose this story is I remembered this back from reading all my Legion of Superheroes comics uh, and was doing some digging on the history of drugs and comics, specifically in the code era. Right. So not before the comics code era. But found this little backup story. And and so let me set the uh, stage for you. So DC Comics had Legion of Superheroes in Adventure Comics. Uh, They decided in their infinite wisdom to move the Legion of Superheroes to backup stories in Action Comics and move Supergirl from Action Comics to Adventure Comics. And what happened after that? Well, Supergirl's not as popular. She eventually gets folded into Superman family and killed in the crisis. Spoiler. Damn. The Legion of Superheroes gets you. Yeah. The Legion of Superheroes. Uh, and then the Adventure Comics becomes several things. They try out a bunch of things in there, like some beautiful specter issues and Black Orchid. It, it, there's some pretty amazing stuff that comes along. But Adventure Comics basically fades away and and becomes digest versions of, of mostly repeat stories later on, which mm-hmm. at the end ended up, ironically enough, featuring Legion of Superheroes. So it, yeah. it went full, full circle there. Uh, you probably remember seeing some of those little digest adventure comics books.
1: Oh, I had stacks of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I, I wish I, think, I had like,
0: known because I would have taken them from you.
1: Oh man, I well, I mean, I because I went I, back
0: and bought them all.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think like it was just one of those things. Like when, like when I was moving cross country, it was one of those like, oh, okay, we're stopping at a weird random gas station, and they're they're there on the on the rack. <laughs> And it was easier yeah. to store one of those in the side pocket of the driver's door or not the driver's door of the passenger door.
0: Yeah. And if y'all, if y'all don't know what we're referring to as a digest book, just think of mostly, I'd say most famous digest books are the Archie books, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So think readers digest size, right? And that's a digest. That's the reason the readers digest is called readers digest. <laughs> it was just a smaller a lot of footprint of magazine. Stories. <laughs> And basically they'd condense down the comic book size uh, stories into those digest. Uh, oftentimes they repanel them and then put them in the book, but it's basically what happened to adventure comics. Uh, on the other hand, uh, they ran Jim Shooter out of the industry temporarily, moving his comic to backup stories, so they're paying him for backup issues, and eventually he decides to go to technical school. But, of course, he'll later come back to write for DC Comics and then later go over to Marvel Comics and become the most hated editor-in-chief in the history of comics.
1: But, Dan, he he looks so good when he does it. I, I Maybe.
0: I mean, I don't think <laughs> Jim Shooter, everything Jim Shooter was doing was bad. From what I understand, it was more of like personality conflicts with some of the the famous creators. But uh, he notes here, he in 1978, and it's earlier than everybody thinks, right? He accepted the editor in chief at Marvel Comics. So he claims he did it under the condition that he would improve things to creators. And he did try some things like Next and some other stuff too. And he either went and did Valiant, Defiant, a bunch of other mm-hmm. things. So... I can't say he didn't try. I'm, I'm not sure what it was with Jim Shooter's personality that that ran people off because I don't know him. I, I would say that uh, I have heard interviews with him where he sounds kind of surly,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> to say the least. Yes. But ultimately, I mean, he's a creative guy and mm-hmm. is an interesting history. Uh, Jim Shooter is one of those pieces of comics history where you also got to see in his writing at least when he was younger, he would write a lot of obviously he hadn't experienced a lot in life. So a lot of what he was experiencing in time, like literally was showing up in comics. So he would kind of write himself into the stories through the characters. And there was one issue where one of the Legion of Superheroes uh, was hiding the fact that he was poor from all the other members of Legion of Superheroes and sneaking away to his house at night where he was giving his paycheck to his parents.
1: Very, that just was very uplifting, much. right?
0: That just made yeah. you happy and warm inside.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> But I mean it's yeah. a nice it's it shines a nice light that I mean hey not everybody's life is 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 like everyone else's so
0: well and it's interesting too because you know the much who'd run obviously of Green Liner Green Arrow t- tackling social issues, it deserves that notation. But a lot of these Legion backup stories that showed up in action comics, some of them were really cheesy, but others of them were trying to take on some of these issues and some of the late adventure comics runs too. And In the Green Lantern Green Arrow, you're seeing it through an adult's eyes, right? You're seeing it through Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams' eyes. Here you're seeing it through a kid's eyes. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing exactly in the writing how some of these things were impacting that writer's life. Very true. And I, I think it's 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 got I think one of the reasons the run is so celebrated is because of the innocence that Jim Shooter brings to it as a writer. So with that said, Probably we should get into the story. I'm sure we can talk a lot about Jim Shooter on another episode down the road, but I did want to get into the story and I'm actually, I've got this book open in like five different ways. Um, <laughs> I've got the comic. I've got the Legion of Superheroes archive number nine here where I've got that on page 104. I also actually have the hard copy right next to me and I, I've got it on my tablet too, just for good measure. So, I just wanted to make sure I had all my Legion stuff covered. Don't
1: judge, oh, Dan. me. I, I'm not judging you. I'm 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 laughing.
0: I'm not wearing D. my Timberwolf shirt, however. I am wearing my Resist shirt with Computo on it with Bouncing Boy standing there facing off it with Computo, so...
1: I'm surprised you're wanted. not wearing your Timberwolf shirt.
0: Yeah, it was down in the bottom of the drawer and I wanted to dig it out. So... yeah,
1: fair. I'll wear it some other enough.
0: time. Maybe I'll wear it to a Comic-Con with you. There you go. Okay, so... We have a nice story from Adventure Comics 378 writer and layouts, Jim Shooter and Jim Shooter at this age too, was laying out all of his stories too. So he was doing thumbnail sketches and writing the story, which is like the opposite of Marvel method, right? Right. <laughs> he was doing all of the parts of the Marvel method. Uh, <laughs> when Mortimer was the penciler here, uh, Mike Esposito was the inker, and Charlotte Jetter was the letterer. And, that's interesting. You know, I'm kind of looking at the letterers here. I see the famous all the famous letterers that I know, like John Letterisi, because that's clever, right? It's Joe Letterisi, sorry. Clever, right? John Costanza, that's why I was messing up. Uh, Milton snapping. So I've heard of all those yeah. folks, but I'm gonna have to look up Charlotte Jetter, because I don't really know Charlotte Jetter. I yeah. know everyone else in here. Uh Ben Oda. I guess there's one more, Shelly Lefferman. I'm not have you heard of Shelley Lefferman? I've heard of all these other letters, letters, but not Charlotte. I have not. Interesting. Well, I think Charlotte's letters were great. I don't know why Charlotte didn't letter more of these things. I'll have to look up the career here. Well, anyway, we have an opening page. And by the way, there was this was a backup story. So I will talk about the first story. Uh, Superman faced off against Satan, who ended up being his godfather. What? Yeah, I'm not joking.
1: Superman's godfather is Satan.
0: Apparently, yes. That should tell you the quality of story number one. I think that's a good summary. Superman goes against Satan. Satan ends up being his godfather, not Satan. A very bad and cheesy first story. Very representative of why DC was getting their ass kicked at the time. disagree with any of that? (laughs) No. (laughs) And then we get this story, which is quite the opposite. And here we have, we do get a little bit of of 1960s camp with Lightlass running up behind Timberwolf. Timberwolf, why are you running away from me? Lately, it's as if you're living half in another world. It says, you're so right, light lass. Your boyfriend is the victim of a sinister scheme to enslave <coughs> his very soul. A plot that began when Timberwolf tasted the forbidden fruit. <laughs> no. Well, it's interesting because it's, I feel like we get half half of the Green Lantern, Green Arrow story. So we just start with Timberwolf heading out to Timberwolf's. <laughs> just walking around. He's being scoped out by the criminals. Not cool. Yeah. And uh, timber wolf's just hanging around and they're scoping him out because he's a lone wolf, right? Uh-huh. They knew he'd be by himself. Right. Interesting choice though, right? If you've got a club that's the Legion of superheroes and you were trying to get them to use drugs, would you try to get <laughs> the drugs to go through the kid who hangs out by himself? Or would you try to give them to say like
1: Sunboy? You'd probably want somebody, that <laughs> excuse me. You'd probably want somebody that, uh, is, um, part of the main portion of the group, but it's easier to get that lone wolf. So that's what they're doing. As we so, as we all know, all the lone wolves are, are the drug ones addicts, who use the drugs. Yes. Yeah, that's it. I knew if it. I learned anything from an after school special.
0: <laughs> so and the popular kids, they just use the popular kids use steroids as yes. we learned from after school specials. That's right. Ben Affleck, that's you. That's right. Well, anyway, Timberwolf uh, tries to break up a robbery. He falls into a trap. Somebody shoots wow. him with a ray that can a rip ray, which apparently is, is tougher than steel. Dang. It shoots him in the arm, though, and he's fine. Ish. Because it wasn't a direct hit. But it does create a painful wound. He still kicks the shit out of everybody. Oh, excuse me. I was trying to be so clean on this podcast. I know. He kicks the shit out of everybody. And then he he falls down. Very Timberwolf. You'll see a lot of Timberwolf later. Uh, The other thing in characterizations with Timberwolf later in comics and Paul Levitz was writing him especially is
1: Timberwolf wasn't very smart. (laughs) He wasn't very smart. He was like, "Um, I'm going to just go full bore into this. Yeah, he (laughs) was. Yeah,
0: that's about it. In fact, he went to a planet once all by himself. Mm -hmm. And it was like a fighting planet, basically. And he tried to beat up the entire planet. Oh, man. He had to get rescued. Ah. Uh, it was so to get Karate did Kid's... Did talk about it afterwards? ...inheritance. What? To did get the, what?
1: the Karate Kid's inheritance?
0: Yeah. Well, Karate Kid died, you know. And he
1: had to go there to get it? Yeah. Oh, man.
0: But Karate Kid's died like five or six times, and I think Keith Giffen has killed him like four of those. So, just hang in there.
1: Oh, man.
0: Future episodes.
1: Future of episodes. Talking, with,
0: talking the Legion with Dan. So... <laughs> <laughs> now we get this, and he wakes up, and this man runs up to him and gives him some dr- an elixir. He says he's a doctor, right? Yeah, I'm a doctor. Let me through. He gives him an elixir, and this is very similar to the how the drug lords were trying to poison Green Lantern and Green Arrow, right? That was yeah interesting. Yeah, yeah. But in this case, it's it's even better, right? So you're hurt, you're in pain, and somebody gives you some pain meds, <laughs> and you're like, hey, these are fantastic.
1: These make me feel great. Thank you.
0: And they got home and there's light last and she's like, hey, what's up? You're really hurt. He's like, man, I feel strange. I don't know what's happening. So being the lone with lady does, he doesn't ask for help, of course, from his of girlfriend. Course. He sees a bunch of shiny, pretty colors. Feels like he's going to jump out of a window. I think he does jump out of the window, but since he has super acrobatics, he can just go over where he wants, right?
1: Yeah. Just, you know, sky dances.
0: I guess he says, I was, I was up all night sitting on that Lindo wedge, ledge, Lindo, win Lindo wedge, window ledge, it's professional podcasting 101, get your words right.
1: Staring at the moon. And then
0: he's aimless because he doesn't have his drug. And then he finds the doctor and the doctor discloses to him. Aha, the serum I gave you yesterday was distilled juice of this lotus fruit. It's very rare, grows wild on Umar in the 10th galaxy. Only one greenhouse in this galaxy produces it. Mine. <gasps> and Timberwolf proclaims because, of course, Jim Shooter in his teenage years also has to teach us mythology. It's like the Lotus of mythology. Editors note the story of Lotus Eaters is told in Homer's Odyssey. Oh, Guess who was reading the Odyssey don't. in high school? Yep, yeah. yeah. So hey, I will I mean, say some. With Shooter's writing, it is fun when you see the the impacts of his life, but also the cheesiness when he's reading something in history or magically reading something, and then it just pops up in the story. Uh,
1: But, I mean, as a kid reading this, you know, if you're a kid reading this, you're like, oh, what? There's an actual story? I mean, it kind of helps you ferret out some good information, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I like Mm -hmm. it. I mean, in this case, it works out really well. So, Oh, yeah. Well, now Timberwolf is in, righteously indignant, That stuff's illegal. But uh, when they decide to give him some more so he can get another hit, he happily takes the, the fruit. But he just has to give it to one of his
1: friends. Oh, man. I'll give you one for free, but you gotta hook a friend. No.
0: So now we come back and we see Lightning Lad talking to Light Lass. If if you don't know, they're twins.
1: <gasps> twins? Yes. You don't they say. They come from
0: the planet Wineth, where all... Well, not everyone. Most people are twins, but their brother, Mecht wasn't a twin. And he was so sad about that, that when they all got their lightning powers together, he became lightning lord and he tries to murder everyone.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: All because he's not a
1: twin. That's terrible.
0: Yeah, it's pretty awful, right? He felt ostracized. Yeah, it's quite the storytelling from
1: the 60s, right? He wasn't even a triplet.
0: How come whenever I talk about this comic I love so much, I think it's cheesier and cheesier?
1: I don't know. You it's like you love this so much, but then when you start going into it, you're like, it's actually I mean, but this this isn't this is kinda this is kinda lame. (laughs) I'm like, no, it's not, it's interesting. Well, anyway, so
0: uh Timberwolf (laughs) comes back and uh he sees the twins, the uh the Rand's twins, and Lightning Lad takes off because he wants to give his sister some private time and Boom, Uh, Timberwolf just immediately decides to give Ayla the 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 lotus fruit. And she's like, I'm not going to have any of that. And she takes it and she throws it. And Timberwolf does this amazing acrobatics routine to go make sure that thing doesn't hit the ground. Yeah, three second rule. (laughs) And he stumbles outside saying, I love you. And he stops out to chomp chomp on the fruit pretty rapidly, too. It's like chomp 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 gulp gulp. And I like how they have it in the wording there. Yeah. So aggressive. And she's like, he's mumbling. It's strange. So I'm going to say, too, I just want to preface this before we continue with the story. Yeah. Light Lass either has awesome powers or terrible powers. So Starboy, his powers Uh are to make things super dense. So he can increase the density of any object. Light Lass, as her name is not, she doesn't create light or but her powers were changed from producing lightning so she could make things super lightweight because, you see, initially when her brother Lightning Lad died, they uh-huh. need to bring him back to life. And Prodi, as you've seen on my t-shirt, holding the wand, sacrificed his life to bring Lightning Lad back. However, two Legionnaires couldn't have the same power at the same time. So uh-huh. Dream Girl snuck her way into the Legion because she foresaw in her dream that Legionnaires were going to die. And so to prevent that from happening, she used her Naltorian science to change Lightning Lass's powers from lightning production to making things super lightweight. Oh. Ah, but Dream Girl was wrong. She only foresaw some Legion robots in a cruiser crashing and dying, and thus changed her powers for no, no reason. <gasps> Eventually, she got her powers back. But for now, she has the power to make things super lightweight. However, Brainiac 5 points out, like 30 years later... How dumb she was because she was probably one of the most powerful legionnaires because she had the power to el- eliminate density from objects. So she to also had gravity manipulation powers. She just didn't yeah. know how to use them very well to make it lighter. Right. And he also criticized Starboy as well. So who eventually, but Starboy comes out a lot better, right? Eventually, Starboy has a like a uniform that has stars all over that Brainiac Five makes for him and he can make like miniature black holes and like go to any universe or anywhere in time. Lightlass mm-hmm. never quite gets that far. However, Light Lass does eventually go on to be Lightning Lass and team up to be one of the most powerful lesbian couples in comics with Shrinking Violet. So Lightning Lass is badass. But Lightlass yeah, here
1: she 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 left all um Lone Wolf there. Or... Yeah, she left Timberwolf eventually. <laughs> Timberwolf. We'll probably
0: do that story at some point because that happens around the Great Darkness saga, which is one of the most famous Legion stories ever, so and since DC's doing another darkness story right now maybe we'll cover the old one that's better all right cool well anyway uh but this is one of the first times a uh, lightlass is pretty much a badass in the comics that i remember so mm-hmm. she sneaks out and then she does get a story later i'll talk about in a second but she sneaks out of here and uh heads out and she basically and i'm not sure how i feel about the end of the story but they grab... Timberwolf goes to grab the fruit, and she makes the basket super lightweight. And clearly, it's, like, eliminating density, right? Because she can't just right. make things float, can she? Unless they are... They lose all their mass. So she's eliminating the mass from the object. Is that a fair statement? Fair statement. Then the wind fair blows statement. it. Yeah, yeah like a feather, statement. basically.
1: Yeah. Okay. Light so anyway, she ends up
0: with the lotus fruit. But then, instead of just taking it, she straps a bomb to herself.
1: I mean, as one does in a situation like this,
0: I I guess. And says, if you love me, you won't take this fruit because you'll murder me if you grab it, basically. And he starts to go grab it. And then he doesn't. And then he punches out big, bad doctor says he's going to prison. And then everything is all better because in the end, when you're addicted to drugs, all you have to do is love your girlfriend and you're no longer addicted. The end. The end. That's fantastic, right? It's a nice, nice little story. It's a nice wrap up. It totally wraps it up. It's a short one. There, these <laughs> were short backup stories. What I will say but, though, Jim Shooter wasn't so happy with the ending that he had to put in there. Oh yeah, do tell. Yeah. Well, according to his blog, he had a whole different ending for the story. In his ending, Timberwolf was still addicted to the lotus fruit, and he stays with Lightlass until he withdraws.
1: Oh, I thought from he blew her up by taking the fruit. And
0: that's why they broke up. <laughs> and that's why they broke up. No, they broke up for a lot of reasons, um, mostly because Timberwolf <laughs> is a dumbass and Ayla likes girls. Okay. But besides that, they couldn't tell those stories in the 80s either. So we wait. got these yeah. stories in the 60s and you've got those stories in the 80s. Though one of my favorite moments for the Light Last, Lightning, Light Last slash Lightning Last character is Paul Levitz was writing uh, the story in the 2000s, 210s. And there was always in the fandom that Light Lass and Shrieking Violet were a couple. But even when they were writing it into the early 90s, they had to sort of hint around it. Yeah. And basically put them together in the five They're years roommates. later Legion. But Paul Levitz leaves no doubt. You open like to the second page of the issues that he's writing. And there they are in bed together. And then they stand up. So ah. <laughs> it was a pretty fantastic love letter to the Legion fans that, that knew Thanks. that's how the characterization was supposed to be. But yeah, never made it there. And basically both characters had traumatic events happen to them that sort of pushed them out of the closet, which we can talk about some other time. But one other piece about this I liked is they didn't use this character very well and they used her here and they used her later on in a story where Chemical King dies, uh, where she's trying to sneak around and, and, and basically overthrow the Australian government, which is something you certainly needed to know about too. So you've never read all these uh, stories. So I'll just keep piquing no. your interest. So sometime yeah. we'll actually read them.
1: Why would you want to overthrow the
0: Australian government? Well, because they were trying to take over the world. And oh they were funded gosh. by the Dark Circle. And the Dark well, Circle wanted to take over Earth. So they got one of the enough. regions of Earth. And then, yeah, it's actually a pretty great one-off story. That all happened in one issue, by the way. Wow. So sometimes a lot of fun. But in this case, uh, a nice view of the character. So I think one of the, the cool things Shooter had here is the Legion has so many freaking characters that you can take characters like Timberwolf and Lightlass that aren't used a lot. Mm-hmm. And then you can give them some characterization and write them in a way that gives them a little bit more depth. Yeah, what I really didn't like about the story was that whole strapping a bomb to herself.
1: Yeah, that's kind of... <laughs> it's, it's a very... Um... Uh, what do you i it's a it's an aggressive move <laughs> or a very passive move right i mean either or i guess i mean
0: i mean hmm. it makes her subservient to his whims that that would be the big issue i have with it right
1: i suppose or or the the i mean just like the the belief putting that much faith in that that he's going to be able to not take the fruit
0: yeah well, that was in the original story, but what wasn't in the original story that Jim Shooter wrote? Um, instead of just love conquering all, uh, he had he thumbnailed out Lightlass holding him and comforting him uh, while he recovered, and then taking care of him through a difficult rehab.
1: Which and actually her mentioning makes sense. that,
0: <laughs> yeah, and her saying thinking he'll have to go through a difficult rehab, so that would have wrapped up the story, which yeah. they don't mention at all. Uh, but the Comics Code Authority rejected that story. Interesting. And so they printed the end this way. And he cites the version of the code from 1954, still in effect in 1969. says, all elements or techniques, not specifically mentioned herein, but which are contrary to the spirit intent of the code are considered to be violations of good taste and decency shall be prohibited. So that's where the drugs fell into the story until the code was broken, obviously, by the Spider-Man stories that we're going to cover very soon.
1: Okay. Huh. Interesting. so it's kind of so a catch-all just,
0: provision think of it as the 10th amendment of the comics code authority
1: yeah and and literally just like i mean months to a year changing
0: yeah yeah we're it very close to been things been. being changed which is probably why and and good on <laughs> good on mort weisinger like not the person i would have expected to be pushing progressive storytelling at uh-huh. any point especially if you read the satan story in the beginning of yeah. this book but there you go, uh, letting the kid write and letting Shooter get something out there that was, uh, quite frankly, ahead of its time. Maybe if only by a year, but ahead of its time. And I think in some ways, again, the innocence of him writing that story at that time, I it's cheesy in a sense, but mm-hmm. he takes it from the experience of the user. Oh, yeah. Whereas the Green Lantern, Green Arrow story takes it from the experience of uh, the uh, you know the oppressor in a sense yeah. right yeah the people the police in a sense mm-hmm. that don't understand the culture so it was different in that sense and I think that's really an interesting point to make while the the main characters in this were the user and their and and the user's loved one right and how they dealt mm-hmm. with it
1: yeah it's definitely more empathetic and has a lot more uh there's more empathy and, and, and sympathy for the for the the actor in this, if you will, you know, as opposed yeah, and to it would a, be,
0: and obviously, I know why they didn't do it because of the code and everything. But I think if you were doing this story now, right, Speedy would have been in the background of the other Green Lantern, Green Arrow stories, right, and you would have seen everything leading up to this, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely.
0: But they couldn't write it that way, so it had right. to be a one-off story, or in that case, a two-issue story. Uh, in this yeah. case, it's a short story, but. I think it gets
1: the job done. Oh, yeah. It's much better than the opening story. I don't know, man. I thought it was kind of interesting. Superman and in, in, in the devil.
0: Well, and I know Greg's probably going to cough as soon as I ask him a question because he has a cough. And Greg, thanks for being on the podcast with me today with your cough. But we did get into a Legion of Story, something you haven't read a lot of. What did you think? Uh-huh.
1: I, I I thought it was pretty good. I, I definitely... Enjoyed checking this out, not knowing uh, a lot about the characters. So um, it was it was interesting to to get this uh, this glimpse uh, at these characters and their 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 lives, if you will, Uh, knowing knowing, you know, what you've told me about it. And from the little that I have read, it's it's always interesting because and like you said, there's so many legionnaires that it's this is a treat because these are not characters that I've read about normally
0: I think that's one of the most fun things about the Legion of Superheroes is that you could get a story my first entry into the Legion of Superheroes was the Starboy origin story and that was probably the best entryway because you're only interacting with like three of them right but they hint about all these other ones in the background and you're like who are these guys why do I read about those so right (laughs) <laughs> and in the same sense, yeah, I think the best Legion storytelling, the best Legion writers are the ones that can take five or six characters at a time and sort of peel them off into a story mm-hmm. and then write that story and then come back out of it and then peel five or six characters off for the next set of stories and, and write those stories yeah, all at the time, handling some subplots in the background. Right. So it does take a lot of work. It's I know Paul Levitt's Mark Wade have mentioned having like scorecards with them. <laughs> While they
1: huh. wrote Legion stories, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I I could only imagine if I was if I was writing a Legion story, I'd be using uh, I, I'd be writing it in Excel. I mean, I would be using Excel to to count how many uh, how many times someone was used, referenced, whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and there there are again, spoiler alert. But I mentioned Chemical King dying. There was one issue, and it was like. Chemical King on the cover, and like I forget who the other Legionnaires on the cover were. Was, I think it was, uh, I know Brainy was on the cover. I think Light Lass and Duo Damsel. I don't remember all who was on the cover. I'm totally going to butcher the cover. I'll look it up later. But everybody's like, I wonder which one's going to die. Probably the one that hasn't appeared in the comic in two years.
1: <laughs> so,
0: yeah, brum, brum. <laughs> all of a sudden he's on a cover, and then he's gone. And so yeah, that. That can certainly happen with that book, too, right? If you're not keeping score, the folks aren't showing up. Yeah. And and uh, over time, uh, writers have... Uh, that One thing, Legionnaires die a lot compared to other comics because... Or they're depowered often, or they're kind of shuttled away. Mm-hmm. Uh, writers will get in and they're like, hey, that's somebody with a silly power, power, and I'm going to write them out of the story very quickly so I don't have to write that character. But you can do that and still run a successful book because there are so many characters, so... Gotcha. A lot here. And I think a lot, too. I like, you know, obviously, if you are a true Legion fan, you know that the Rans twins are the Rans twins. But he references it and and doesn't make a big deal out of it. He's just like, hey, sis, what's up? So if you're picking that up for the first time, you'd at least know they were relatives. But you wouldn't really know anything else, which I'm sure you did not when you read it.
1: I did not. I kind of figured, I mean, that they like, obviously, they they know each other. At first glance, and then when he says sis, and he start looking at the similarities in their kind of character, if you will, you're like, oh, okay. costumes, yeah, costume, hair color, a little bit of the facial structure. One
0: thing we haven't really mentioned was the Win Mortimer
1: art. Oh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. There was a lot of cool um, just the different takes on uh, the costuming and then also in the design uh, for the uh, panels. And in the like when uh, Timberwolf was going into his his uh, drug addled moments and stuff like that. It just looked interesting.
0: Yeah, I kind of liked it. I mean, it wasn't the same as the Neil Adams art. Mm-hmm. And I would say the Neil Adams art's probably from a different era, right? Oh, yeah. And it was really interesting, too. There is isn't Neil Adams tie into this. Oh, is there? So. These were the backups in action comics, and it's still a very 60s art style, right? I mean, this is the art style that Mike Allred wants to replicate, right? Like, straight up. This is... But there was an interesting twist to the Wynn Mortimer art. Neil Adams did all the covers for the end of the Adventure Comics
1: run. Hmm.
0: So you'd get a Neil Adams cover, and you'd open it, and you'd get Wynn's
1: art inside. Interesting. <laughs> bromp, bromp. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be so excited. Yeah. And then I wouldn't say let down. I would just say it's the It's different. It's just very different. Yeah. Slightly different.
0: It's a it's a style from a different era. It's not that it's bad. It's just less defined. The one thing I will say about the art style though, is they look like teenagers. Yeah. They don't look like (laughs) they don't look like they've been on steroids since they were five.
1: No, they're they're definitely teenagers. They have teenage bodies. They have uh, teenage faces. They don't. They're not. They don't have that. They have a softness about them. Because I was going to say. They don't look hard. But that doesn't sound right. They don't. They have a softness about them. It, a well, boldness. they don't like
0: battle hardened. How about you? Yeah. How
1: about you phrase it that
0: way? Right. It, yeah. Yeah. It, they look innocent. And yeah. And you start to get a transition for that in the book. As it goes into the Bronze Age. So it's a. It's a nice. I think it's a very nice way to. To to have, you know, it's different. It, it, it's, it gives you a glimpse at another era. And I, I think that's a neat thing to do once in a while. And we'll continue to compare these art styles because in our next episode, we're going to get Gil Kane drawing Spider-Man. What? I mean, I know you said it before, but
1: again, I just can't believe it. (laughs) I think, I think the, I think the question is still, what? Uh, Yeah. Gil Kane drawing (laughs) Spider-Man. I just can't believe it. So I can't wait. So we're gonna dig into
0: some Spider-Man drug issues on our next episode, and I'm gonna let your voice rest, sir.
1: Oh, well, I, it's been a pleasure to, to to talk about this with you. Thank you, and uh, till next time.
0: Yep, I will. We will peace out. And uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Funny Book Forensics. <laughs>